0: And in a moment, the blood can wash and cleanse. What I may have done over a lifetime in a moment, the blood of Jesus, when I receive it and accept and acknowledge the work of Calvary in a moment, it doesn't take years. It may have taken me years to make a mess of things, but it doesn't take him a year in a moment. His blood is able I feel the drawing of the Spirit of the Lord today saying, it'll only take me a moment if you'll allow me. It'll only take me a moment if you'll trust me. It won't take him forever. A moment, just simply in a moment of saying, I acknowledge and receive the blood of the Lamb of God upon my Come on, would you reach to him with me right now? Come on, your heart's crying out to him. It may not be vocally crying out of your mouth, but your spirit is crying out to him because his spirit is reaching to you today. Jesus. I receive the work of the blood of Calvary today. I plead the blood of Jesus over every life here today that would receive of you. You who became sin for us who knew no sin. That we would be made the righteousness of God in you. Not our own righteousness, Father, but yours working and operating in and through our lives. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, He took your sin and mine and gave us His righteousness. We're not made righteous by our works. We're made righteous by His righteousness. We need to let the Word of God lay hold on our heart. bind the spirit that would lie to our minds. I pray the spirit of truth be released into our hearts. Come on, He who knew no sin... Became sin for you, for me. Why? That he could then give us his righteousness. What a trade. What a trade. He took your sin, my sin. By the way, all of us have it. Had it. He took it. Whoops. Thank you. He took our sin. And gave us his righteousness. Because we deserved it. Anybody here deserve it? No. So guess what? He didn't do it because we deserved it. So stop believing the lie that says, well, you don't deserve it. So therefore God's not doing it. It's not based on what we deserve. It's based on who he is. Who he is. Because of who he is, he became sin. Somebody had to die for sin. The wages of sin are death. So someone had to die. And he decided it would be him rather than you and I. And so he became sin. Died so we could live. Not so we could live in bondage to sin. But so that we could live free and separated from sin. That's what the blood of Jesus does. That's what the blood of Jesus does. And it never stops working. And it's never unavailable. It's never removed from us. Come on, the enemy's been lying to you. The blood is not removed from you. The blood is still there. When it was applied to your life in the waters of baptism, I don't care if it was two years ago or if it was 30 years ago, when the name of Jesus Christ was applied to your life and the blood was applied to your life in the waters of baptism, that blood is still as real today, still as active today, still as powerful today as it was then. Come on, talk to the Lord with me right now. Come on, talk to the Lord with me. In the name of Jesus. 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 Name of Jesus. Come on, reach to him. Reach to Him with your spirit. He's reaching to you. Reach back to Him. Don't resist Him. Reach back to Him. Let your spirit reach out to Him this morning. In the name of Jesus. 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 You ready?
1: Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I'm just putting this here, though, so I have something to lean on. (laughs) Amen. The presence of the Lord is here. I'm thankful uh, for the, the trip that those of us were able to make this past week to Maryland. The Lord did some very mighty. And powerful things there. I couldn't begin to say them all, even for just myself what he did, but then what he did for the church uh, was exponentially even greater than what he did for just me. Um, I do want to share a couple of things from that experience, from this week, things that I believe the Lord helped me with, and um, I trust they will be at least good for me to share with you so you can hear what he did for me, if nothing else. Um, This was not my first time to be able to go to Brother Chester Wright's church to a meeting that he has held similar to this. I've been a couple of times now. Um, It's interesting how each... Of the three times I've gone, were under a very different circumstances, uh, b- both for me personally and for the—I guess you could call it—theme that the Spirit was dealing with during the time that I was there. The first time it was for what they called a Right Hand of God um, seminar, and I know Brother Lewis was there. So some others uh, were there for that. And that was specifically for teaching and training on what our concept of the church should look like in different aspects and ministries of the church and making room for them to prepare ourselves as a church for the harvest that the Lord will give to the church. The next time that I was able to go there was for what was called call to war. And I know many of you, most of you probably have heard various, um, pieces and parts of that through the years, maybe even got to watch some videos, listen to some of that. Um, so I was there for one of those, uh, those types of meetings as well. And then this past week, um, the meeting that they call, uh, the, the meeting is what they call a pause meeting. And simply put, that is a Greek word for all things. And so the theme of this week and the theme of this meeting is to become all things apostolic. say all that to say that uh, while Brother Ethan and Brother Martin and myself were there, two men from the Kent congregation, uh, three men, sorry, from the Kent congregation, and then Bishop Schoonover, all of us were there, uh, able to participate and able to receive. um, There is no doubt that the Lord was working on, on all of us. Uh, it was amazing to see because it was at the individual level for every single person that was there. But like I said, it was also at the, I'd have to say, global level. The church as a, as a body, as, a, as the body of Christ and the things that were being done and said and administered to there uh, while they hit home for every one of us and applied for each of us individually. There were also uh, great things accomplished there for the church for this time. I have several different things that I received, and I'm still letting the Lord kind of put them together because in a lot of ways they feel like they don't relate to each other. One day he did this for me. The next day he did that for me. And this night he did this for me. And, and I, it, was, it was all great. It was all powerful and all necessary, all needed for me. Um, but so I, I said that it wasn't my first time in that setting just to say that uh, I felt like I had enough understanding of some of the the uh, reasoning behind sessions or at least reasoning behind certain types of prayers that they would pray. And I thought that was going to be a good thing, but it hit me later that it actually was a convicting thing for me because my mind would automatically think, oh, we're going here for a little while. Okay, we're going to dwell on this for a little while. I've heard this before. I've seen that before. I've prayed that before. And because of that, because of that uh, misconception in my mind, I was just kind of waiting to see what's everybody going to do here and who needs this, who who is this for. And uh, it doesn't take a whole lot of spiritual discernment to know that when somebody is up leading a prayer or a meeting or a time or, or whatever it is, waiting on the Lord, uh, it doesn't take a lot of discernment to know that they're still waiting on the Lord. We started waiting on the Lord. We continued to wait on the Lord. We kept waiting on the Lord. This is in the very first session, okay, the first, first night that we were there. And they were waiting on the Lord, and I was waiting on whoever it was to get where they needed to be. And uh, the next night, the Lord dealt with me about it. And he said, where you, where you needed to be while, while we were all waiting. And it was, uh, it, uh, it was uh, impactful to me, to say the least, to say that I don't know if I was. Because I thought this would, that, I don't know who that was for, but I didn't think it was for me and i certainly don't want to be the one that holds up a move of the spirit and so for that i felt like afterwards at in in the in the moment well what we were focused on was praying for uh any unforgiveness that was in any person there so unforgiveness is a personal thing Because you all looking at me, you don't know whether I have forgiven every person that has ever wronged me. You can't tell that from the outward uh, perspective. And so from that sense, every person in the room that wanted to go where the spirit was leading was charged with this um, uh, instruction to search your spirit's For any unforgiveness, anything that you're harboring inside that would prevent you from forgiving a person or a a time or whatever it was. So I'm just setting the stage so you know where I'm going with this when I get where I'm going. Okay, so that was all in that first night. And then in the second night, uh, this would have been Wednesday night's session, if I got the days right. Because we were set to leave early Friday morning, one of the things they did in that session was call everybody to the front who was not going to be in the meeting for the entire full, dur- full duration of the meeting, meaning when the very last session ended on Friday, if you weren't going to be here ahead of time because of travel plans and so forth. They line- lined us all up at the front. They prayed uh, for impartation uh, of ministries giftings to each one of us. Um, I think it was either Brother Martin or Brother Ethan I said at the time, I feel like this is probably the reason why the flights that were chosen were chosen when they were chosen for us to depart so that we could be there during that time to receive that that particular um, prayer of impartation of ministry. And that was significant to me um, through those things. But after after that... Um, initial prayer for each person, Brother Wright came to me and just kind of sp- prayed for me and spoke a few things to me. And sad to say, even in that moment, it didn't hit me in, until later in the evening, all the, the full meaning of the things that he was praying and speaking to me. So just to give you a, a a little bit of a clue and a little bit of a hint of what he was speaking about, he was praying kind of along the same lines of things that we were dealing with the prior night, this unforgiveness stuff, things that are in your past, maybe that are having a negative effect on your spirit, on your abilities to move where God wants you to be. And uh, one thing that he said that was very interesting to me was, these things that are in your past, and this, this can apply to anyone because it's a principle. The things that are in your past that are holding back what God would want to do in your present and in your future. What he said was, if it's in your past, it has ties to emotions and to feelings, and that what you need to be able to do and what you need to, need to be able to allow God to do is move those things from being a part of your past to being a part of your history. And you think, okay, what does that mean? What's the, what's, aren't those the same thing? But here's what he said. The past has those feelings and has those emotions connected to them. So whenever you recount that particular instance or that particular season or whatever it whatever the case may be those feelings and those emotions connected to those events get stirred back up every time and they become current again and they become impactful again they they become significant to the point again where those feelings and those emotions can hinder your present and, and hinder your future. But when, he, when you get this to be moved from your past to your history, and you, you, you make amends, I guess you could say, with those things then it can come back up, the reoccurrence can come back up to your mind or to your memory, and you say, yes, that's a part of my history. But th- the difference is those feelings and those emotions are not attached to it. And so as he prayed these things for me, and, and, and he, he, he kind of helped me along with, this is what we're praying about this particular season of your life i'm thinking man i'm I'm over that i'm okay with it i don't I don't feel bad about it i i I'm thankful that the Lord did that in my life and took me through those things, but then the next thing that he prayed was and I pray that I pray the binding of the wounds from that season and i I don't know about you, but I wasn't so bold as to say he must be wrong because there's I'm not wounded. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just being honest with you. In my spirit, I wouldn't even go there and say, Brother Wright, uh, maybe you need to pray this over him. Because No. But I just accepted it. I received it. And we say this a lot of times, in, 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 especially in the church setting. You need to receive what the Lord is doing. I do that even if I don't know. If, if I wanted to give you a, a Christmas present coming up on Christmas, and I say, Brother Martin, I got this gift for you. It's wrapped up. You don't know what it is. Do you receive it? Yes, I receive it. Thank you. It's still wrapped up. You don't know what I gave you, but you know that you received it. And so that's kind of what happened to me in that moment. I received it, and then it was just a, a few hours later that evening. Once I got to uh, got to be alone and kind of process back through these things, and, and specifically thought, why would he be praying that my wounds be bound up if I don't even think I'm wounded? If I don't feel like you know I need this this healing touch and just like God does in a flash of a moment. He, he brought more details of that season to my mind and to my memory than what I was even allowing myself to think up during that whole first night of the session when somebody in the room is not reaching this point that we're trying to get to. And now I'm not saying that all that was just for me, but I'm saying that that particular moment when the Lord illuminated these things to my spirit, it allowed me to say "There there were, I'm using the past tense, there were wounds, there were feelings, there were emotions that I had allowed myself to put so far back in the in in the organization of my mind and my thoughts and and everything that they're back there they're filed away that so much that I think I've already dealt with it but again as I as I allowed myself to to receive and then it was like kind of that that visual opening up the gift whatever it was that I received and seeing my lord this is the thing that was given to me and that moment. And I'm thankful for that that the Lord would would be able to reveal those things in that time and, and and yeah, if if even if it was just that that was good for me. I needed it. It was necessary for for my spirit to reach that point. And I I'll say this uh because I like I said I've been in these settings before. I've heard these things said before. I kind of tried to jump ahead of where I knew the purpose of that prayer was going to go. Because when you talk about unforgiveness, especially of an individual or a person, if you cannot think of that person without immediate negative thoughts, negative feelings, negative emotions, I just say it, you haven't forgiven them yet. So I, like I said, I knew that going into it, and as soon as we start going down this path, I start thinking, okay, who can I think of that I don't like? <laughs> who can I think of that I haven't forgiven? Is there somebody, nope, I love him. No, I didn't used to love him, but I love him now because the Lord dealt with that. No, and I, I'm, he, I went through that, and that was a hard time, but I'm over it now, and the Lord forgave that. And I'm going down this list, and, and it didn't hit me until 24 hours later. You completely skipped over. This part, these things. And that's when I just, that's when I received that, that healing, that binding of things that I needed. And just for, for uh, reference sake, this was when I was alone in the hotel room. This was not in the middle of the altar. It's not with a preacher or with his hand on my head. This was in a, in a quiet time to reflect and receive those things. One other thing that, that came to my mind just, just now as as Elder Hart was speaking, um, for, for just the sake of sharing the significance of this to me, I guess it would have been roughly nine years ago. Um, I had the opportunity to go preach somewhere. And if you know me, you'd think nine years ago I was not... I still don't think I'm a preacher, but nine years ago, I certainly was not a preacher. Um, But I was asked to preach in this location. I had my wife and two children. That's why I know how long ago it was. We had two at the time that were there with me. And uh, this was a very large crowd uh, of people in the church. And, you know, if any of you, I think probably most of you at one time or another have been asked to come and speak or share something, and it's just kind of our human nature. Public speaking is one of the greatest fears listed just across the board of all people. And I hadn't had that much opportunity even in our local congregations to speak on a great deal. And here I am now asked to speak in front of uh, a much larger crowd. And um, I felt like I had some things to share from the Lord, but I felt like I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull myself together enough to share these things just because of nerves and so forth. You know how that goes. Well, I, I, as I'm up on the platform next to the pastor of this church, before I'm asked to, to go and, and speak, uh, he made a very simple, but it was a very profound statement to me. I, I, I say to me, I don't even know if he actually was saying it to me. I think he was looking in my direction. And, but what he said was, it's under the blood. And I thought, okay, good. I I, I needed to hear that. I don't even know what it is. I'm not going to stop and try to think about whatever is not and is already under the blood. I'm just going to receive that, and I'm going to go forward. And it, it, it brought a peace to me that I needed in that moment. And so as Elder Hart was sharing here about that power, and what he says is it's in a moment that the work that was done on the cross can accomplish what it needs to accomplish In our lives. And before, as Brother Wright was speaking to me or praying for me, before he got to any of this stuff about the past and the history and and all that, he just very simply said along those same lines, all that stuff is under the blood. And I needed that again. I I hear that obviously because of these events. My mind goes back to the time that that previous pastor said. And I remember Man, what that those simple few words, they, they rung so true and reverberated in my spirit so much that that impacted me. And for several years, I would go back to that one moment and hear the things that he said and the things that it did to me. But I had somehow gotten away from this, obviously. So when Brother Wright comes up to pray for me, and that's the first thing that he says, it's like, okay. It's kind of like a... <laughs> It's like a, a recentering, if you will, a a a a moment to calm and recenter yourself. And when you realize this is what's being accomplished in this moment, I'm thankful for that. Amen, Elder Heart.
0: Praise God. Praise God. Are you listening with your spirit today? The Lord has just been talking to us the whole time. I trust you recognize that. There is something that we just sort of passed over, if I can say it that way, on Wednesday night. Those of you that were here, it was mentioned in the flow of the teaching early on, and it was it sort of stayed with me and uh I think we're gonna finish here today i that time of ministry about forgiveness that Brother flowers referenced I was able to uh, I was able to view that session and uh let the Lord work in my heart and in my life, and let Him dig down into my spirit. and And I sort of went through a similar process as as other flowers talked about of sort of going down my list, checking myself with people. Um, I think it's good to do that every once in a while. The Bible talks about examine yourselves, and. The Apostle Paul made this statement. He said, "I exercise myself." He talked about like it's a practice I have. It's something I do. He said, "I exercise myself." He said he did it daily. I believe that, right? To have a conscience void of offense toward what? Anybody know what it says? Toward God and men. Conscience. That word is co perception. Your conscience. It's how I perceive myself and how God perceives me. Co perception. That's what that word literally means there in the scripture. It's a co perception. And if my co perception isn't void of offense, then. It disrupts the flow and the relationship with God at times. I feel like something's sticking in that relationship with God. What's the barrier? Sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. It can often be something that's maybe there. And so that's why it's important. That's why the Apostle Paul recognized. That's why he said I exercise myself daily. I want to make sure that I'm void, absent of, free from, no part of any offense or anything in my spirit. And so I was... I was going through that session, and I think it was about two and a half hours, but it took me about four hours to get through it. Uh, The Lord was really, by his great grace, digging into my spirit. Why was he digging there? Because he wants us to be free of anything that would hinder or anything that we would even hold on in a small way in a recess of our heart. And so he was digging. I'm thankful that the Lord digs. I want the Lord digging into my heart and my life and my spirit. I'm saying, yes, Lord, you dig. However you have to, Lord, dig right in here. I mean, I don't like it if my wife digs sometimes. But I like it when he digs into my I want him to do that. Now, that doesn't mean it's comfortable. Sometimes it's painful. Matter of fact, lots of times it's painful because there's been times where he's been digging into my spirit. This is what happened to me when I was going through this session. that's why I took four hours instead of two and a half. There were some things, Brother Flowers, I, I thought that's all. It's under the blood. Well, it was under the blood, but it wasn't out of my spirit. Does that make sense? It was under the blood, but it wasn't out of my spirit. I know the flowers talked about in your past versus in your history. I felt like the Lord said the difference is if it's in your history, it's not in your spirit any longer. If it's in the past, it's still in your spirit. And that's the first time I've ever heard that past and that helps me today. But we touched on this Wednesday night. This idea of an offense toward God. I think we use the term resenting God. I'd gone through my list for the flowers that day when it was just me and the Lord alone. I was matter of fact, I was just shut. I didn't have anywhere to go. So I was in a vehicle. I got the door shut and I'm in a vehicle with my phone for four hours. And the Lord's taking it. Man, if somebody would have walked up on me, they'd have thought I was crazy, man. I was I was praying in there, I was weeping, I had Kleenexes all in the floor, the Lord just digging into my spirit, reaching into my heart. And I'd gone through everything and I, I and it's important to speak things. Not just acknowledge them, it's important to speak them. And so as I was going down through this list, let's say I have something that's digging at me with Brother Zario still in my spirit. There's nothing there by the way. Don't don't let the enemy try to plant some goofy thought in your mind here. And I'm going down through that and the Lord's digging in my spirit and shows me this place. Here's what I would begin to say. Jesus by your name and your blood and what you've already done for me I release him from anything he's done to me that hurt me or offended me. I release him I was speaking those things. Something if, if I passed over and thought, no, I dealt with it. But I'm like, no, it sort of came to my mind. I want to make sure. I want to make sure, Lord, that situation, if there's any piece, part, any bit of evidence still in my spirit, I release it to you. I release that individual. I release them from any responsibility of it. The same way you release me from the responsibility of my sin, I release them. You say, I don't know about that, Brother Hart. You want scripture? The Apostle Paul said, as Christ forgave, so forgive you. So I have a question. How did Christ forgive you? Partially? Hold it over your head every once in a while just to keep you in line? Oh, no, he doesn't do that. When he forgave me, aren't you thankful? He forgave completely. So I had to speak some things. I release. I release. God, the feeling, the pain it caused me, I release it to you. You understand, when I hold those things, it doesn't hurt somebody else. It hurts me. If, let me just keep picking on Brother Zario. If I'm holding something in my spirit against my brother here, he's probably oblivious to it. Right? It's I'm not punishing him. Well, I'll just... He's like going on doing life, changing out sprinkler heads, you know, eating burgers and tacos, loving life, you know, enjoying life with his wife. And I'm over here just getting beat up inside because I'm holding on to something. Not hurting him. Forgiveness is about you and I and our relationship with God and our walk with God. If, in fact, he had truly done something, That he hasn't got right between him and God. God's going to deal with that with him. That's not between me and him. That's between him and God. So I got through my list. And here's where I landed. I felt like the Lord said, you want to deal with that last area? I'm thinking, Lord, I don't think there's any other areas. I think we've gone down the whole list here. This is, we've been here a while, Lord. In case you didn't know, He said, "Let's talk about how you feel about me." What do you mean? Let's talk about how you feel about me, You, God, I, I love you. I love you, God. You're, you're everything I need. You. Oh, yeah, you do. But let's talk about how you feel about me. I I was a little, I'm slow sometimes, you know. He said, you're offended at me. I'm I'm not offended at you, Lord. He said, let me use a different word. You resent me. You resent me because I let things happen in your life. I wasn't ready for that. I thought I dealt with all those areas, too. I mean, I'd, him and I would had that conversation before. This wasn't the first time we talked. So I thought I dealt with all that, too. He started digging in some areas like elderflowers. I thought, man, I don't even know it. Just some subtle little things where I hadn't even realized. I'd had just this negative thought about why didn't God do something different, and it just given a little room for me to have some resentment towards God. What was he doing? He was digging in love to bring a purity of relationship with him, a purity of relationship with him. And back to where Brother Flowers started, that resentment is usually tied to something in the past that why didn't he do this or why didn't he do that? And so I've forgiven and moved on, but I still hold a little resentment towards God because he allowed this or he didn't change that or he didn't fix this. It's why the Apostle Paul said, I exercise myself to have a conscience void of offense toward God. We can be offended at God. Do you think that hurts him? Of course it does. Do you think it hinders him? He's still God. I'm hurting myself. Why don't you stand with us today? God praise God why don't you just talk to the Lord a little bit in Jesus name come on if he's illuminating things to your spirit today why don't you just talk to him about it you and him you and him In the name of Jesus, come on, just talk to him about it. In the name of Jesus, I want to open this altar to you today. If you want to utilize this altar today or if you want to turn your pew into an altar, would you do that today? Purpose to let him have access and dig into every area of our heart this morning. This is a purifying work of His Spirit if we'll yield. This is a purifying work that He can do in us by His blood working. Maybe there's some things you just want to lay back down under the blood and release them. Get a move from your past to your history as Elder Flowers shared today. Why don't you do that today? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. When he's spoken with us, it's our time with him now. He's spoken with us today. It's our time to talk to him. Let him get personal and let us begin to speak the things we need to speak to him and release those we need to release and receive of the blood and the working of his spirit into our heart and life today. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Tiraramasi, orobosi ararama ayer.
2: gates of heaven every heart that is broken. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Heal every heart that is broken. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Every heart that is broken In Jesus' name In Jesus' name Open the floodgates of heaven God let it rain Let it rain Open the floodgates of heaven Let it rain, let it rain, heal every heart that is broken, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Heal every heart that is broken, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name I pray. Heal every heart that is broken. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.
1: You return to your seats. There's one more thing I want to share. In I guess this would have been May of two thousand and five. Because I got married, you can go ahead and be seated. I got married in June of two thousand and five. I've mentioned parts of this that week before, Um, but so marrying into the Schoonover's family, um, not coming directly from a minister's or a pastor's uh, home, I kind of knew there were some things I was signing up for, but I didn't, I'll be honest, I didn't know entirely what I was signing up for by proposing to Larry Schoonover's daughter, if I can put it that way. And so he takes me to Peoria, Illinois, May of 2005, for uh, a meeting of this sort. And that entire week, the ministry of that week, and not just from one man, but from multiple individuals, was about how we relate to God as our Father, and here I am, getting ready to have a new father-in-law, have a new wife, and knew I was going to be moving across the country. Knew I was going to be uh, signing up for a change of some degree, uh, to put it lightly. But I didn't realize, and I didn't know. Here's what. Here's the thing. I was I was 19 at the time. I was 18 at the time. Sorry. I was eight. Uh, 19. <laughs> I was 19 at the time. Um, I'm don't. i I've, I'm, I'm okay saying this now. I'm comfortable enough saying this now. I had a good life growing up. You make a statement like that, and you're going to lose half the room usually. But I had a good life growing up. I had two parents and a brother. I had a church family. I had an extended family. And that got me to that point in my life, to age 19, about to be ready to get married and begin a new phase of life. That was the end of that season of my life. But so as there, as the ministers are are dealing directly with how we relate to God as our father. And when you realize in scripture, how many times Jesus uses the man, Christ Jesus uses the word father to, to speak to, God, the deity of God, the Father. And if you're, in a, if you're raised in a Pentecostal home like I am, a oneness home, you don't hear that word Father very much in relation to God, our Father, because it is thought of as a Trinitarian um, profession. You, you say Father and you think, okay, there's a Father. Okay, what's wrong with that? Is there a father? Yes, there's a father. But I hadn't made that leap in my mind and in my spirit enough to be able to to call him father and say and relate to him in that way. But throughout that week in the ministry of these things, it became clear that so many times we project our image of our earthly father to onto God, our Heavenly Father. And it became evident to me in that room I'm, I'm just going to say this and I'll, I, I, don't, I don't feel this way anymore and I would, I would apologize a thousand times to all these people that I was saying this to in my spirit. I'm sitting in this room thinking man, I'm in a room of a bunch of people that had terrible fathers. That was, that was just the honest truth. That was my perception. And I was also sitting there from a point of saying I... I'm in the minority here because I had a great father, had a great, loving, caring, kind, uh, everything I could say good about him, father. And uh, there again, just like I was this past week, this doesn't doesn't relate to me. This is not for me. This is for all the terrible people in the room. (laughs) I'm being honest with you. I hope that's okay. I don't think anybody's a terrible person. I, this, is, this, is, this is, I'm showing you my shortfall, not anybody else's. And what the Lord did, the other thing that he shared with me, this the first night of this past week on our trip, going all the way back to that, and I've heard it ministered on uh, several times since then. And I've actually even used this visual before uh, of my earthly father. My dad, in my teenage years, um, I'll just say, "Lord help me," because I have five children that haven't entered that stage yet, and I, I haven't met a perfect parent yet either. And I'm pretty sure there's not one. Um, but in my teenage years, I I did teenage stuff. I'll just put it that way. They're not the smartest, usually. Because they don't think long-term or think about consequences. So I was in that stage, in that phase. And uh, more than one occasion, I have this visual in my head of doing something wrong, getting caught doing something wrong while I was still out of the house, before I was, before it was time to come back home, I should say. I, I, I don't know, 16 years old or so, I had a cell phone. Um... It was usually one of two people calling that phone, my mom or my dad, and um, usually it was either to ask for permission for something or in, on a, some occasion um, being called and asked, where are you right now? Who are you with right now? That's really what it was. It was my leash. <laughs> I wasn't smart enough to, to realize this at the time, um, but it was, it was my uh, parent in my pocket, so to speak. And... Uh, There were times I'd be with people I wasn't supposed to be with, doing things I wasn't supposed to do, doing things I didn't have their uh, permission to do, and uh, really disobeying, I'll put it that way. Um, And that call would come, usually it was my mom that would call, and usually she would say, your dad knows, your dad's gonna talk to you, your dad's, whatever. Uh, and that was how it would go while I was still out and I would get home. And, uh, so this is the visual that's, that's burned in my mind. I had to walk through the kitchen and then through the dining room and the living room to get back to my room. And in order to, to, to get from the door, I'd walk into my room. I'd have to walk, knowing that I'd have to walk through the living room. My dad, I'll give you the visual. It was in the corner of the room, his, his recliner. I'd enter from this side of the room, and I'd be heading that direction. And my dad is sitting there like this. Now, I, w- I, I, I would enter the room right here, and I, I, I would know right away if I saw a figure in this chair, it's him. And But here's the thing. I learned that if I didn't stop, I walked right through didn't look his way. Didn't say anything. I could go right down the hall into my room. And I don't know. Sometimes that was the safe. That I was safe. I made it home. <laughs> didn't have to deal with this thing. Didn't get, the, didn't get the talking to. Didn't get the discipline. And occasionally after, I don't know, a half an hour, an hour or so, I'd hear Caleb. And uh, then I'd go out there and we'd have a talk or whatever. But... That the this is what the Lord showed me this week. The visual that I had in my mind of my dad sitting there was the visual that I would place on God in in these particular times of what I would call uh, confrontation. You think there's no confrontation. You should have heard the house I grew up in. That's not a confrontation. I'll show you. And I, uh, I've, been, I've been around long enough to know that I, I was in a non-confrontational environment in that, in that regard. I mean, there's some parents. They'd be meeting them out the door. They'd meet them in the driveway. Or tell them not to come home but that was the that was the kind of non-confrontational environment that I grew up in and this week the lord said what do you think that non-confrontational view of your heavenly father has done to you me and this is me personally speaking if you if you know that the human tendency and the natural tendency is to project the 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 image of your earthly father onto your heavenly father. If you know that's the case, that's what people do. And you do that. And this is the image of your father. And you're projecting that onto your heavenly father. Then what do you think that view of a non-confrontational heavenly father does to you? And I heard about that much. And I thought, okay, I don't know. I don't. I, it doesn't sound like it's good. It can't be good. And Brother Nelson, just while I was praying for you, I came over and I said, I pray peace over him. The will of God is for him to have peace at this time. And then the Lord showed me it's an, it's an error of thinking to think that peace is the absence of confrontation. That was, that was the way that I grew up was, let's not confront this thing to retain and, and, and keep our peace. We won't speak it. We won't say it. We're not going to address it. We're going to just get past it in the effort to retain our peace. I, I can tell you, I know where that's gotten me 33 years later. And that it does, it is not the pathway to peace. We, we might think, well, in this, in, it just, <laughs> I might just be talking to myself. But I, you might think, in the, in the moment, in this moment, if I avoid confrontation, I can retain this momentary peace. And then you get beyond that, and you, you can trick yourself into such a degree to say, Whew, I made it. I made it past. I didn't there was no blow-ups. There was no there was no ill words spoken. Nobody said anything that they can't take back. Whatever. But where what that leads you to is then when God says, "Okay, let's examine yourself. Who do you have offense towards?" And you're thinking, nobody, nobody. I haven't gotten mad at anybody. I haven't yelled at anybody. There was no confrontation at any point. So, I, therefore, I must not have an offense. And what this week proved to me through a man of God coming into, this life, into my life and speaking these things is, just because you avoided confrontation doesn't mean you avoided offense. So I'm not. I'm not saying you got to go out there and look for confrontation. That's not it. But this is another issue that came up this week. Avoidance of an issue is not dealing with an issue. Do you understand that? Avoidance, not choosing. Avoidance is a choice. Okay, choosing not. To deal with something is not dealing with an issue. That's, that's about as broad of a statement as it can be because you can put it in any, any scenario. But as we're spe- specifically talking about here in this context of the word of God, we're, we're gathered as the body of Christ in the house of God to hear a word from God. And if the word from God comes to you and convicts you, Speaks to you, resonates in your spirit, and you hear that thing. And when you hear it, you have a choice. And oftentimes, avoidance is the is the option that we take. We can. The problem is, you can amen something, you can say yes to something. That's not. That's nothing. In this context. That's good, preacher. Preach it. Say it. That's good. Keep talking. You're telling the truth. None of that is dealing with the issue. Actually, what it is that we call that deflecting. we become masters of deflecting. Because I want to avoid that thing that confrontation. And you think okay, well that's I'll tell you what this uh, again brother Martine, I wish I could I wish we could all go through your anger management class and hear these how these things really manifest themselves. Because you hear you hear about these unspeakable, violent acts against humanity. not a guy with a bad attitude that responds the wrong way. That's not what I'm talking about you 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 look into these issues and, and you start to say, "What made somebody do something like that?" they didn't, They've never acted that way before. They never responded, acted out like that before. And then you ask yourself, was there any peace in that person's life? And the obvious answer is no. There was no peace in that person's life. Well, they weren't a confrontational person. That's, that's what we're talking about here today. It doesn't matter. They, you avoid that confrontation. You are not retaining or even uh, attaining peace. In the situation. Will you stand with me again? God the Father is truth. In Him is truth. Scripture says, In Him there is no shadow of turning. And every, everything about our world conveys shadows of turning in our earthly world. When the, when, the, when the earth rotates, the sun shines and then the moon shines and there's a shadow here and there's, it's because, well that's just the, that's the revolution, that's how things go. But what that scripture says when it says in him is no shadow of turning. it doesn't revolve that way our lives don't okay things are going good things are going good okay so there's a shadow things are not going good oh we're coming back into the light good there we go we're back in, in one with the father and all these and nope no back in the shadow again in him there is no shadow of turning that's the kind of father that we have When when he when he goes and searches for Adam and Eve, in the garden, it's kind of silly, right, to think that they think they could go and hide from God. Oh, he won't he won't look behind this tree. He won't look behind this in these bushes. I'll hide right here. And then the voice of God calls out to Adam, where art thou? What what he's doing is he's presenting Adam with an option. Confronting, not not violently, obviously, but he's confronting Adam's state. Where are you? Do you want to deal with this, Adam? Do you want to talk about this? Are you going to reveal are you going to re- reveal your location? Where are you? What he's doing is he's opening up the dialogue. He's opening up the opportunity to dialogue, to communicate. That's his that's his that's the first recorded reaction and response of God the Father towards confrontation on the earth. He goes and looks for him. He calls out to him. He doesn't sit back, I'm going to give this boy a chance to get things right. I'm going to give this boy a chance to reflect, think on that. Adam, I know we, we walk daily. I know we talk daily. But you messed up, so you know where to find me. I'll be right here when you're ready to talk again. That's not what he did. Let's talk to the Lord. Father, I thank you for your voice that's here right now speaking to us. I thank you, God, for longing to have this relationship, to restore this communication. I thank you, God, for the truth that resides in you. I thank you, Lord, for the truth of your spirit. The voice, God, that you would speak to us with. Jesus, I believe it is your will for us to have peace. I know that it is your will, God, for us to receive peace in, in whatever state we're in, whatever situation we're in, God. Lord, I pray that as you would lead, God, and as you would direct us, you would guide us into a state of peace, Lord. When it, when it involves the truth, when it involves the confrontation with the truth. Jesus, I pray, let us respond accordingly to you. God, we know when we believe that you will call out, you will show God, and you will reach to us. I pray, let our response be one, God, of truth. Let our response be one of openness, Lord Jesus. Let our response be one of openness, Lord God. Hataye ala mahkataye ala hai He ala masota haye under high You know every heart here Lord Jesus You know every heart that's here right now God Hataye to masata haye kai He under lay ala hataye in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus his peace is available here right now S- some of us we've we've just been waiting for him to initiate because of the pattern that we've seen and that's what he's doing today. He's initiating this opportunity for us to receive peace from him. Would you just pray where you are? Ikata ye odo li sandara mahaye Halo ye andada mahata ye sanda ye okahi
0: Ilo riki hata ye itana In Jesus name Praise God We are we're very routine oriented, aren't we? Two songs, an offering, send me home. The Lord has been from the outset reaching, 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 giving opportunity giving opportunity he knows what we have willingly received into our spirit let him put in our spirit I realize he's touched on very intimate personal things in our spirit if we'd allowed him I'm asking you when we release you today Please don't just dismiss that. If you're like, I'm feeling some things, there's stuff, but I'm not willing to just, I'm afraid of what might happen if I step into an altar right here in front of all these people. The Lord knows your frame. We're never about trying to draw somebody out or humiliate anyone. You understand that? It's important. God wants to help us. Elder Flowers gave a great example of receiving a gift that wasn't quite unwrapped yet. If we would receive today's word into our spirit and be willing not to just dismiss it the moment we pass out the door. But to be willing to go to a closet of prayer and let the Lord examine my heart. He's wanting to do a work in us. And not put it on somebody else. Man, I'm thankful all this happened today. Brother Martin really needed to hear that. There's an indicator of my spirit, isn't there? And I sure hope Brother Nelson was listening today. There's an indicator of my spirit, isn't there? The Lord's not trying to be unkind. He's trying to help us. It's the love of a father. It is the love of a father. Praise God. I would like us to thank him together and don't say it unless you mean it. But as we're praying before we go, I'd like us to express to him our reception of what he's trying to put in our spirit. Amen. Amen. Would you talk to him with me before we leave today? Father, I thank you for your word and your love toward us, your desire to reach into the deep places of our heart, not to hurt, but to heal, to heal. You are present to heal the hurt and the wound of the heart. You see through time because you are ever present. You're not bound by time. And so you reach into our life by your word to bring healing. I pray let this your word be sealed into our spirit to accomplish what you send it to do. In the name of Jesus in each one of us, Father, that are willing to receive. Father, I'm willing today. I receive of your word into my spirit. I'm not above your word. I'm not above anything you've ministered today, God. I want you to have full and complete access into my spirit. Examine every part, Lord. Let this, your word, have its work. Let it be sealed into my spirit. I rebuke the effort of the enemy that would try to come and steal away this seed. I pray let it be firmly planted in the soil of every heart. Let it accomplish the work that you intend in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I pray. I thank you today. I thank you, Father. I thank you. We give you glory in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. You know what that means, don't you? Amen. So be it. It is settled. Amen. God bless you. Go with God.